Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Good morning, Hoop Ballers. How are you today? I'm Santino Cocon, and I'll be your host for another edition of Hoop Ball DFS today. And I'm joined by the... Eh... The okay guy that uh, I'm not going to give a good round of applause to today, but I'm joined by my good buddy, Mike Apatria. Uh, we're, on, we're now on day three of the NBA playoffs after an exciting first day, after a big monumental upset uh, in, this, in the first game of day two. Um, and then, uh, and so that this, is, this is a very interesting playoff so far. Um, but I'm pretty fired up here, Mike. Uh, how you doing today, buddy? I'm, I mean, I, I couldn't expect, uh, you know, good intros and good compliments from you too many podcasts in a row. I knew that streak would end. I think we were you gave me a compliment, maybe two or three shows in a row, um, you know, and it, it was it was nice while it lasted. But we're, it looks like we're back. Uh, we're back to our usual friendship of uh, constant roasting each other and belittling. Uh, but I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing well, man. Yeah. I, and that that upset we were we were talking about it before we even got on air. Uh, we did not see it coming. It was an early lead. It looks like the Bucks were just flat. Middleton uh, was not giving them much. Lopez wasn't giving them much. It was really Giannis just shouldering the load. Bledsoe still looks like he's, you know, getting back into complete game action. Um, I mean, the, it, it just goes to show you that some of these upsets that they were getting in the bubble and the games didn't matter, sometimes that could linger over. And this team just looks like it needed a little bit, just any sort of momentum coming into this. But... Uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, Giannis still played great. Uh, we were both, I think, doing pretty well in our, our lineups tonight. I had uh, fallen a little flat with the Schroeder. Uh, he did not pan out the way I would. Otherwise, my DraftKings lineups would be golden right now. But I'm still looking like I'm probably going to cash out, even with him being in probably about, uh, I think it was like 20% of my DK lineups. And then uh, my FanDuel, doing okay. Looks like I might cash, might not cash, but uh, there's always tonight. Yeah, uh, so we're doing this right before this Laker game started. So we're going to get out of here really quick because I got to watch this one. Um, but right before that, I have uh, everybody in my lineup actually tonight is is on fire except for the three people that didn't go yet in this Laker game. Um, we'll see how they do. And hopefully I can uh, do something big here. But yeah, you mentioned it. This That Bucks game uh, was different. Every All those minimal guys that Steve and I talked about last night, uh, even touching on, we were like, eh, but uh, James Ennis did really good. Gary Clark did pr- pretty good. DJ Augustine, uh, Fultz did pretty good. And Vucevic, who we both didn't want, he had himself a game. They let him shoot, and he was hitting it. Uh, curious to see if that stroke can last an entire series. I don't think so. Uh, but he was feeling it in this first game. And, and pretty much Giannis was one of the only guys who had anything to do of anything on the other side. Yeah, and we, I, I mean, generally when we target the Bucks, we're looking to do it from three point land. And 
Uh, you know, Fournier was ice cold. Uh, but I mean, it, it seemed like a little bit of a wonky game. I was kind of a, I played some Gary Clark. I had a fair amount of Gary Clark. You know, dirt cheap minimum salary on DK. I think he was only like thirty four or thirty five hundred over there on uh, on Fanduel as well. So I, I had a fair amount of him. But I was expecting him to get into foul trouble. He didn't. Uh, Enos got mm-hmm. it done. Double digit uh, points. Had some blocks. Had some steals. So he was able to get it done over there. It, it was a very weird game. Fultz started, uh, didn't play a full complement of minutes, though. Split the time with Augustine almost down the middle. They both played fairly well, though. So I, I, it was a very weird game overall. <laughs> very weird game. Well, one thing about the NBA and especially the playoffs, role players play much better at home than they do on the road. Uh, in the bubble, there is no home and and on the road. Everybody's at a neutral site. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up on on a nightly basis in the bubble because you're really not playing against a hostile crowd uh, like they would have had to go to Milwaukee. I know I know the announcers mentioned it a few times they're not going to Milwaukee. They're all in in a crowdless court in in Orlando that doesn't have any actual NBA basketball besides right now playing. So role players um, have it a little easier. Yeah, I think that's why you'll notice, especially keep an eye on uh, Hoopball Gaming over there. Those guys have been absolutely crushing it in the bubble. <laughs> and I think that just goes uh, and takes into a big factor when you're talking about just betting lines and betting actual games is that sometimes these spreads, uh, the points are almost similar to what they would be as though there's homes and home and road splits and nobody has the home advantage. Nobody has the road advantage. So uh, keep an eye on those guys over there. I just want to give them a quick shout out. They've been absolutely crushing it. Um, give them a follow if you're not. And good. And and while you're looking at hoopball gaming, why not check out my bookie, guys? If you haven't already checked it out, if you don't have an account, um, good news. And if you do, I, I'm not sure. I haven't put it on with with an or after this, but um, go to my bookie and put in the promo code hoopball, and they'll match your deposit 100%. I mean, you can't you can't get better than this. If you if you're a my bookie guy or you're a a betting person, go 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 to hoopball, put some money in there, and get it matched. Or oh, go to Hoopball. Go, I'm already butchering it. Go to my bookie and get it matched 100%. And put in the promo code Hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Uh, look at the Hoopball betting podcast and go do that, guys. Your bankroll will be going up pretty well. Um, and then after that, uh, just see it rake in. But we have, we're only on game two starts uh, tomorrow. Uh, date game, or game, all the game two start tomorrow, the first four. Uh, so you can still get in your future bets right now if you get into my bookie. So as Mike said, get some get some knowledge on the bets, see who they like, and then go go over there and get it. Uh, but they do NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, which is coming up, all this good stuff, MMA, anything you want to bet on, pretty much. Nah, you can do at my bookie. Absolutely, good stuff over there too. Yeah, I know I'm uh, I'm trying to parlay some baseball and some basketball tonight uh like the parlaying again oh that's all i do buddy you know it and listen uh my bookie's for everybody it's for me who i am just the very very i'm the fish in, in the game betting pod uh and, and so i when i when i do it i parlay i go big or go home it's like take my chances man uh and uh so far so good so far so good i'm probably gonna get sunk by some of my baseball ones but we'll see I guess I'm straight cash guy because I don't like, as I mentioned last time when you brought it up, I don't, if I'm feeling really good about parlay, I'll sometimes do it, but uh, I just like betting on who I know is going to win parlay a little bit trickier for me or for anybody and a teaser. They don't call it a teaser for no reason, guys. I know you get, you buy points, but that's just to, again, teases you Uh, easier to lose those things. 
Um, and then that's, I, I like the single games. Some people even bet throwing like 50 bucks on 18 or a bunch of games in one night. To me, that, uh, that's a good way to not win as much money. Oh yeah. That we, we got some close buddies of ours who will just look at whatever games are on. They'll be like, all right, there's a uh, eight NBA games, a bet in eight NBA games, uh, you know, 11 baseball games. I'll take those two. Why not? Uh, <laughs> you know, and then there's a cricket, cricket league, uh, you know, we'll throw some money on that. But, you know, I can't do that either, man. If I'm betting, it's going to be, I'm going crazy. I'll just do a bunch of parlays. Cause I just want to turn a dollar, $10 into something big. Or I'm with you. I'll bet big events here and there. I don't, I can't yeah. bet every night, but with following these hoop ball guys, uh, the parlays have been working for me. So hey, maybe maybe if I keep following the hoop ball gaming over there, uh, I'll I'll be able to actually take down some of these contests. But nice. Let's jump into right, this. Man. We got we got yeah. four games, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, we got about four games. Too. They're all game twos, um, and and the Laker game, Laker Blazer game is about to start now. I have it, I have it up. I'm gonna have to put it on mute and watch it in the background. But uh, let's get right into it. We have game two of the Nets versus the Raptors. Uh, this game is going to start at 1.30 Eastern time. The Nets are the underdogs by 11 points. Uh, there is currently no money line. I'm assuming it's going to get, when it gets really close, there'll be a money line because this is a bigger spread. Uh, but the over-under is 226.5 at, at uh, this current moment. And uh, these, the Raptors won game one 134 to 110. High-scoring game. But a blowout, nonetheless. Uh, the, the injury news, there really isn't much. Jamal Crawford is not going to play. Uh, Patrick McCaw is not going to play. And Brissett is not going to play. I'm not going to say the first name because I'll butcher it. Um, <laughs> but those three guys, that's it. So we'll, let's, let's start with the Nets, which is um, healthy for the bubble Nets, we'll say. Uh, so on the Nets, we'll, we'll start in the front court, bud. Uh, is there anybody in that front court that you like? Well, I, I, the butcher, uh, let me just get it out there. Cause I always talk, I always say it off air. I don't know if I said it on here. Uh, Santino is like that episode. I don't know if you guys ever watched key and peel, uh, where, <laughs> where with, with, with the teacher, uh, D nice instead of Denise. And, and it, well, if you haven't seen that episode, watch it, find it on YouTube, find the clip, uh, laugh hysterically a, cause it's a hilarious episode. And then B just think about that guy every time Santino butchers a name. <laughs> Uh, you'll feel a little bit better about it, but I, I think uh, it's O'Shea. O- O'Shea. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> it's brutal, man. O'Shea. But, uh, front, the front court. Uh, I mean, I'm looking for this team in general now. The 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 Nets ran ran a very tight rotation, even though they got blown out in that first game. Uh, the rotation was fairly tight. They had five guys play more than 30 minutes. Toit. Uh, toit. Uh, it was the three guys that we can always anticipate if they're healthy playing it in the bubble, which is Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. And then we've seen TLC and Garrett Temple play more than 30 minutes. So um, I fully expect Jared Allen to play, keep playing 35 plus minutes or 34 plus minutes in this kind of scenario. 7,100, I think, is a very fair price tag. Uh, not the best matchup. Uh, we, we can imagine Serge Ibaka, Marcus All front court is tough, but... Uh, as long as he's playing those minutes, I don't have a problem with him. I'm not going to make him a foundational piece of my lineups, but I might go out there and get a share or two. Mostly come down to game scripting. If you're looking to play a few guys on Toronto, um, he's probably my uh, one A, one 1B option to the 1A being Karis LeVert. Yeah, I don't mind uh, Allen, uh, but I do like... <sighs> Lately, a lot of times I found myself... Um, in two, On Tuesday's slate, I found myself... Um, trying to search for a cheaper guard. Today I find myself uh, with the forwards, like cheaper forwards that is just harder to find. 
I think there's a lot easier centers to find. Um, I don't mind Jared Allen, but I'm probably going to be in the camp of paying up for my center uh, when we get to there. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people will. Uh, and I, I was in that camp last time, too. So that's kind of where I <laughs> fell. It just happens to be, you know, if you're playing DK and you could play a center at utility and you land on them uh, or, yeah. or even if you don't land them, I don't mind. Like I said, if you're game scripting this type of game and you want to get uh, it does have the second uh, highest game total on, on the slate, uh, the largest spread with that being said. So that might deter some ownership away from it. So if you're in the camp, yep. of, you know, you want to you want to try to play some of these big pieces, he's going to be one of the big pieces you're going to want to play from uh, from the Nets. It's for me. Um you know, I'm, I'm going to transition for you, and I apologize. I don't want to steal your thunder. You're a great host, Santino. Uh, but I keep mentioning him. It's, it's him or it's Karis LeVert for me, and he's the other guy I'm looking at. Uh, price tag definitely went up a little bit, but when Karis LeVert turns it on, he turns it on. The usage will continue to be there. Uh, they do have some defensive stoppers they could throw at him with OG and Norman Powell, uh, but this guy's going to continue to chuck, and he even showed last game when he's not shooting 20 times a game, um, he can facilitate. It's two out of the past three games now where he's had 13 plus assists. He had 15 in the last one, seven rebounds, only 15 points, and you're still able to put up 47 and a half DK points. So I, I do have some interest at 8,200. Um, mostly will come down to a game script type scenario. Like I said, though, if you're playing any, if you're playing Jared Allen or you're playing Karis Levert, you're paying up for him. You should probably be running it back with at least one Raptor. Yeah, I like Levert too, and I like him. I know he's cost 82, and he's the most obviously on the team, but. Uh, it is a hard matchup for him. As you mentioned, there are people that can guard him, but he's just going to be funneled usage in this matchup. Uh, even if the game stays close or is, is another um, big lead there, he's going to play. Uh, they're going to play him. And he gets the job done in other ways uh, if he's not scoring or taking in as many shots. He is a pretty good rebounder. Uh, he is a good facilitator. He does chip in and steal sometimes. Uh, and he could he does pitch in a couple blocks here and there. Uh, so I don't mind paying for him. I think he's a fair price. I wish he was back in the seven eight where he was prior to the playoffs, but this is still a good price. Yeah, and then I I think you know other options that we're looking at would be those other three guys I mentioned. You know, Temple, TLC, Harris. I I, I think me and you are both probably in the camp of like TLC. Is it the right time to hop on? I don't think so personally. I was playing him in the off days when you know Allen and and Levert and those other guys were sitting. Uh, he's playing the minutes. I get it. I'd like that he has power forward eligible. So if that's the the spot, you might look at him. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I I can't get this guy right on days with everybody healthy. So I don't I don't know if I'm gonna fly to that. I'd probably prefer a guy like Joe Harris, even even maybe a Garrett Temple over him. Yeah, I'd prefer. Oh well, I would go Harris, TLC, Temple in this mm-hmm. order. I really wouldn't gravitate towards Temple. Um, I'm gonna pass on TLC this round. This matchup, he's been on fire. Uh, the last few games, like just look at us, eight of 12, seven of 13, nine of 13 shooting four of eight, five of nine, six of nine from three. So this guy has been on fire. Uh, when fire comes, ice comes, uh, shortly after. And I think one of these games, he's going to go really cold. Uh, I would like to pounce on him after a cold game or two, because then his ownership will be lower. His price is probably going to drop and then he can catch that fire back again. Uh, I don't think he can do it for four straight games. He could easily prove me wrong, uh, but for an extra three hundred, I'm much. I, I feel much safer with Gary. Uh, well, I must put them both together: Gary Temple and Joe Harris. I, I feel uh, much more comfortable with Joe Harris. <laughs> you were just like a, I like it. It's like an icy hot commercial. It's like uh, you know, <laughs> hot to dull the pain and then cool to relax it away. Uh, the fire, yeah. the fire, nice. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm on board. I wouldn't mind if you wanted to look at Temple uh, or 
uh, TLC over Temple. I think those guys are a toss-up. And hey, if TLC is going to continue to shoot this hot, fantastic. Then yeah, he's the guy you want. But I'm kind of in the camp with you. Eventually, he's got to cool off. He's just been shooting, you know, over 60% is unsustainable for a guy like that. Um, but the yeah. shot attempts have been there, so hey, why not? How about the how about the Raptors, man? Let's flip it on to the other side. Uh, they scored 134 big ones uh, the last game, and just really it kind of it kept getting closer and closer, especially in that third quarter. The Nets uh, looked like they were hanging in there and came back, and then it just blew wide open after that. Uh, but let's start in the backcourt, man. Uh, Lowry and Van Vliet both had pretty good games. Obviously, it was Van Vliet with the hot hand. Um, but who do you like out of them, and who do you like on the wings? I mean, I love both these guys. I, I don't think you can go with anybody on the, wrong with anybody on the Raptors at this point. This matchup's fantastic. The pace is up for them. Um, we've seen all these guys smash at a different point in time throughout the regular season. Um, so, I mean, it, it, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be probably getting 50-50 ownership on both Lowry and Van Vliet. Um, I'll be looking to play Van Vliet at shooting guard position more often than not. Um, and I'll be playing Lowry at point, and I'll be mixing and matching. You know, Lowry might make more sense if you want to play him at point, run it back with Levert at shooting guard. Um, and then there's going to be other combinations of other guards that we'll get to later on uh, that you can mix and match these guys with. So I'll have I'll have shares of both these guys. I probably won't uh, go to any Siakam. Uh, he's just hasn't looked right since the bubble, and it's just you have other guys that you could go to. You know, they don't need him to be as assertive in this kind of matchup. I don't think he has a mismatch. He'll take advantage of it whenever he wants to. But um, we talked about it before. Before he came to the bubble, he basically took four months off of no basketball. He wasn't shooting. He wasn't playing. He doesn't have a hoop. The whole nine. So um, I'll I, I'll be looking at you know Van Vliet, Lowry. I think OG is very much in play at forty four hundred. Uh, if he's going to keep playing 30-plus minutes at that price tag, I think he's a decent value. It's a plus matchup. Um, and then the guys in the front court. I mean, Gasol, I'm expecting eventually this. he's going to see increased minutes. He did not close out or play at all basically in the fourth quarter, but they were up pretty big. Um, so I don't know if that has a lot to do with it. They also don't play big, Brooklyn in general. So it's not a team where, you know, you need to play, you know, Abaka and Gasol on the court uh, at the same time. I think they maybe played for a minute or two on the court at the same time last game. So... Uh, at 4K, though, it's enticing knowing that Brooklyn's very, very terrible against centers. Uh, and the same could be said for Ibaka. He's much more expensive, but um, he smashed in this spot. He put up 37.75 DK points. And it doesn't come as a surprise because centers just absolutely demolished Brooklyn. So uh, if you're feeling more comfortable or if you happen to land on one of, either one of those guys, I wouldn't mind it. But it's still going to be uh, the backcourt options first for me, OG for the value. And then if I can, if I can fit or if I just land on one of the frontcourt guys, I'll go that way. Awesome, man. You hit you hit the whole team there. Uh, Motormouth Mike can go and go and go, guys. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, but yeah, I like I like Lowry more than Van Vliet. Uh, Van Vliet was on fire last game. I think it, it flips over a little bit. Obviously, I don't mind playing Van Vliet. He's $400 cheaper, and you can get him at shooting guard as well. Um, but if I put them head-to-head, I think Lowry gets this game. Uh, it's just going to flip, flip back. He went 3 of 10 from... Three, Vinley went eight of ten. I think it gets closer to even, and I, I would take Lowry in an in a vacuum between both of them. Uh, I'm with you on the Siakam thing. Um, he he's been playing pretty well, but at, at at seven five, he hasn't really shown the ability in the bubble. I'm saying in the bubble, guys, uh, to really smash that spot and break that value and and give you a nice big return for your your buck there. So I'm gonna hold off until I see it. Again, the matchup is good, but uh, I'm going to hold off for now on him. But I, I do like, I, you mentioned the bigs. I do like Ibaka here. Again, I know he had a really good 
game last time, but he's going to have another pretty good game against Jared Allen. Jared Allen is more of a uh, shot blocker, and he tries to block everything. He can't guard him outside where where Ibaka likes to shoot those little jumpers. Um, so I think I like that. And OG, like you mentioned, this team is is loaded. They have so many good options on here, but um, OG is also in a really good spot. He's going to either have Curix, uh, I think I say that name butcher it every time, or TLC, <laughs> uh, and one of those two. They're not really known for the, their defense, and OG is really a, a gritty grinder out there, and he can get it done in multiple ways for only 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and just uh, for, for some context, Ibaka uh, did start the fourth quarter. Basically, halfway through the third quarter, he played up until all the starters came off the court in the fourth. So he did get more run, and then you know, vice versa. When he, when he came on for Gasol, Gasol never checked back in. About halfway through the quarter, uh, third quarter, he never checked back in. So uh, when the game got up, they played Ibaka until the game got out of hand. And even then, they didn't put Gasol back in. So it, it might be the scenario where we're waiting on Gasol until the next round, um, until the next yeah. matchup, uh, where the, you know he might have to go against a bigger front court. But let's just be real. Nobody in the East outside of the Sixers play with a big front court. Um, so we have to, we might have to wait and see. He's an option at 4K, but uh, you know, I, I had a ton of ownership on, on the first game hoping that they just played him 26 minutes, 28 minutes, thinking that uh, the rotation gets tighter. Uh, Gasol gets a few more. Great matchup. But, you know, he did well, just didn't get the minutes, I thought. Well, yeah, because he, he is 36, so they don't need to push him anywhere. And if the game gets out of hand, they have uh, Bobby Boucher down there to just throw in and, and get some minutes. Ooh, love myself some good water boy reference. Anyhow, that's <laughs> a, saying the reference is a good right. one. So let's go on to the game two, man. Uh, this game starts at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Jazz versus the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets are favored by four points. They have a money line of negative 175. The Jazz have a plus 155 money line, and the over/under is 217 and a half. The second, oh, there's only four games, but uh, the third highest over/under, guys. I'll put it. I'll put a glass half full there for you. Um, on the Jazz side, Conley is out. He returned to the bubble, but he's still self-quarantining. Um, Ed Davis is also out with an injury. And on the Nuggets side, the big news there is Will Barton and Gary Harris are still not able to play. Uh, let's start on the Jazz side. Uh, we saw Donovan Mitchell go off for 57. Let's start with him. Uh, do you, How do you feel about Mitch in, in a, a run back? Yeah, I can't. I can't pay that price tag for him. And listen, um, I don't think he'll have a lot of ownership just because a lot of other people feel the same. He's not going to do it twice in a row. Uh, you know, the price tag jumped almost two k. So there's a lot of reasons why I think he's going to, you know, deter some ownership. But I mean, the game went to overtime. He shot fantastic. I think he shot about uh, almost sixty percent from the floor. Took thirty three shot attempts, which might not the shot attempts might not be out of the norm. Um, but we look, both of these games that he played and took 33 shotting attempts were against Denver, and they both were overtime games that reached, you know, 135, 133, 134. So I, I can't pay that. I don't think I can pay that price tag. I think I'll pass. I think I'm going to go back to the well to the value plays that I played the first time. And um, yeah, I forgot to say the score. The score of the first game, it went into overtime. Uh, fantastic game, guys. Uh, but it was 135, 125. The, the Nuggets, they really took control in overtime. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, listen, man, Mitchell was 78, 76, 82 for a while, for pretty much the entire bubble. Uh, but now he jumped up to 9-2 after that game, and rightfully so. I mean, anytime you drop 
57, 9, and 7 uh, on 33 shot attempts. Yeah, you're going to go, you're going to get the big, big bump there. Um, but now we're asking him to score at the minimum 50 points just to bring back some value. Uh, that's a steep price to ask for for him. And yeah, he could easily shoot 33 again. The last time they played Denver in the bubble, uh, he took 33 shots against them as well. He made 12. Uh, he took 16 threes. So he could, theoretically, he's going to get the usage and he's taking control, especially without Mike Conley there. Uh, he's going to continue to shoot. But uh, to drop 57 again or 50 or even 45, that's a tough, tough ask. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to see him getting another near double digit rebounds and assists as well on top of that. So um I don't I can't say he's a bad play, but at that price I'm gonna have to let him go. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean I mean maybe I have like one or two shares of him if I do the twenty entry max, you know, maybe even a couple more than that. I'd probably be foolish to only have one or two. Probably I have like, you know, ten percent, fifteen, twenty percent if I'm doing um, you know, the twenty entry max, but I'm gonna definitely probably gonna be underweight compared to most of the field. Um, I'll be looking more along the lines of like your Joe Ingles, uh, your Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal. Um, mm-hmm. I like all three of those guys. I think they're just the ancillary pieces who aren't necessarily priced accordingly. Uh, Joe Ingles came out and balled out. Yeah, again, it was an overtime game. Stats might be inflated, uh, but still, he was 5300. Came out with 37.25 DK points. He facilitated. He helped out. Uh, and he had some decent shot attempts, 14 shot attempts, which is up for Ingles compared to a guy who's normally in the single digits for those. Uh, and then Clarkson. We just know that he's going to have the second high, highest usage on the team. Took 17 shot attempts from the floor. Only put up 27.5 DK points. And I think he was about 38 or 3,900 in that game. Um, but still, 4,700. I don't mind paying that price tag. He's a guy that can easily return 25 to 30 on the regular with this kind of usage. So, uh, And then Royce O'Neal is just a great value. 3,700 for a guy that we know is going to go out there and play 34 to 35 minutes possibly. And then, uh, you know, never going to get it done with a ton of usage. But the rebounds are generally there. A couple steals, a couple blocks, get you, you know, 10 or 11 points. All of a sudden, it's an easy return on 3,700. But uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what's your, what's your take on Go Bear? Uh, so I agree with the three people you mentioned, and I wanted to uh, throw on one more after you and or two more people see how you feel about them. They're really low, low price guys, but I do like Ingles, Clarkson, and O'Neill for their price tags uh, and their their extra usage without Conley there. I mean, Mitchell can't have everything, uh, so there there needs to be other players out there, and and they are the players. Uh, for me, Gobert at seven four, it's not a bad price tag. Uh, it's a fairly decent price tag for him. But I just don't love the matchup for him. He doesn't historically, uh, if you look at all the games he played against uh, the Nuggets, he averages 40 under 41 DK points. Uh, that's a little over 5x value. Not that bad. But look at look at their last game. He uh, he had 38 point or 39 DK points, and the game before that, 43.25. Uh, I just don't see any room for blow up, especially against Joker. And he played a very good game against Joker. Uh, he he contested a lot of shots. He blocked them. But um, I might. I, I mean, if I'm stuck at seven five and I and I want to center, yeah, I'll look his way. Or, but I, I'd rather there. I'd rather pay up there. Uh, still, I like the guy on the opposite end of him uh, for a little mm-hmm. bit more. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think we, we do talk about his numbers that he's averaged about 40. De- two of those games were overtime games as well, where he played yeah. more than 40 minutes. So unless this game goes to overtime, he's not going to play 40 minutes. Uh, it's it's a tough matchup because it pulls it pulls um, Joker pulls him right out of his comfort zone. He makes him creep up to the top and have to pull up to him, takes him away from the rim. And that's where we want to go bear. He's a shot blocker. We need him near the rim. So I'm I'm kind of with you. I when I look at it, I come down to the conclusion: Well, who do I like more, him or Jared Allen? If I need to pay for a guy around that price tag, and I think they're both very close, um, but I might just go Jared Allen because of the ownership. I don't I don't expect as many people to go to him when they're going to look at it and say, "Well, Gobert's only 300 more." Uh, I know I'm going to have some Raptors, so if I want to run it back, boom, there's my game script on that one. But uh, you said there was two guys you wanted to bring up. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah, I, I want to ask, how do you feel about uh, John Morgan and, I'm not going to say it, uh, uh, GN, George's uh, ne- ne- <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> You're brutal. Uh, yeah, so as far as jo- John Morgan, uh, he started last game. Uh, he played about, I think it was like 25 minutes or so. I don't think I'll go near him. Um, but, you know, if, I, if I'm dumpster diving and I'm doing a stars and scrubs and all of a sudden I'm left that much left, uh, then maybe I guess I look at him just because I know he's getting a couple of minutes, but I, I wouldn't expect a big return on him. Uh, and I'm not playing uh, George's Nang either. I, I just can't do it. Um, not, not 19 minutes. He's not going to have a high volume of shot attempts with these other guys. Uh, he would be really hoping for kind of a blowout run. And, you, and like I said, this guy played 19 minutes in an overtime game, and Juwan Morgan played 25 minutes in an overtime game. A regular game, these guys might be playing 8 and 17. So uh, I, I'll probably take a hard pass on both of them. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go to the Nuggets, man. How do you feel about the Nuggets? Let's start with, uh, let's leave those big three guys off for now. Who do you like? Is there anybody you like outside of uh, Murray, Joker, and and Porter? Yeah, so, I mean, we, I, we could talk about both the power forwards as one, uh, you know, Grant and Millsap. Uh, one of these guys is going to continue to have a good game every single game. They've been leaning heavily on Grant, so I'm kind of favoring him a little bit more. Uh, this isn't the matchup necessarily for Millsap, knowing that they play Ingles at the four a lot. It's almost the same exact identical situation as Gasol over there at the Raptors. That He's another guy that they rested for most of the season. They gave him limited minutes for the playoffs so that they could play him 30-plus, but it's just not the right matchup for him to play 30-plus in yet. So uh, keep your eye on him. He's the guy that we'll probably be paying attention to a little bit more in the next round. But for now, I think uh, you know Grant would probably be the next guy I'm looking at uh, if it's not one of those big three. All right. Yeah, I like I like Grant. I know he had a pretty good game last game. Um, this is a pretty solid matchup for him, especially with they they have to throw in Royce O'Neal, they have to throw in Ingles. All, all these other guys have to play uh, power forward for them now. Uh, I, I think he is athletic enough to take advantage of it. And Millsap, uh, he said it. He said, "I don't care how many times I have to rest. I don't care about load management. Do whatever you have to do um, for the team." Uh, Millsap is old, man. He's, he's 35, 36 now. So he doesn't mind uh, taking a breather, even though this is against his old team. This is the first round. They want this guy for a deep playoff run. Uh, so they don't mind giving Grant extra minutes, especially now. So I, I like Grant a little bit more in there. Yeah, and I don't think Millsap's out of play either. I mean, even in limited minutes, he's only 4,300. So yeah, um, I don't bad. think he's going to draw a lot of ownership. I don't think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards him. I mean, he only played 29 minutes in an overtime game. So, again, probably realistically thinking about 24, 25. But he can still get it done in multiple different ways. Blocks, steals, assists, boards, and can chip in a few points. So I don't mind looking at him at 4,300. 
but if I'm playing one, I mean, Grant, with the minutes he loads he's getting and just the matchup, I think I prefer him. And uh, how about Torrey Craig? I know he's, he's still getting extra minutes in there because of no Barton or Harris. I'm not really high on him, but if I'm stuck in that rear beer minimum price and, and I'm paying up elsewhere, maybe I'll look at him. Uh, how do you feel about him? I prefer him over Juwan Howard, but I'm kind of in the same in the same vein as uh, when I talk about him as Juwan Howard. I, I'm not going to play Morgan. Him. Oh, Juwan Morgan! I said Juwan Howard. <laughs> Good throwback. throwback right there. Yeah. Good throwback. Uh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll pass um, unless it just makes it work. I'm not going to go out of my way to play him. Thirty one hundred. It's a great price tag. He's next to minimum salary, but. Uh, just the volume the, is not there for him, and the upside, unless he's playing, you know, thirty-five plus minutes, which uh, he only played twenty-one in that last one, and that was an overtime game. So that kind of, you know, deterred me a little bit. I didn't, I didn't quite understand that he did. Oh, he fouled out. There you go. So yeah, maybe we could go back to Craig. That was the one thing that I was looking at, and it worried me, and I didn't even notice he fouled out. If he's only playing twenty-one minutes um, in a foul out situation, probably would have played what thirty-five, thirty-four. Yeah, we could look at him. We could look at him if you need the value. Definitely better than Juwan Morgan now. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Um, and how do you feel about these this big three? Let's go right into it. Uh, you can start with the Joker, and then we'll we'll hit up Murray and Porter, right in the order of how they're priced. I prefer Embiid over Joker, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, it's almost a very similar price tag, only two hundred dollars difference. So, yep. Yeah. I'm I'm with you in that, but I wouldn't mind to. I think Embiid's going to have a, a much bigger ownership. So if you wanted to pivot, I wouldn't mind that. He does historically score a lot of points. Uh, he averages over 60 points against Gobert and, and the Nuggets. So it's not a bad pivot, but I do prefer Embiid as well. Yeah, and that's and, but it's also a completely different lineup when he was doing a lot of that. With Michael Porter Jr. in the lineup, they have another guy that demands double-digit shot attempts. Um, and now that Murray's back, Joker's not necessarily just playing point Joker either. So it's a little bit of an adjustment. He's still a beast. He can still crush in this matchup. But I think Joel Embiid with no Ben Simmons is just easy chalk to eat at under 10K that I'm okay with. And then, like I said, the next two guys, Michael Porter Jr., 7K. It's a great price tag. Um, we've kind of seen him be a little bit more tentative over the past three games when he's playing with the starting lineup in meaningful games. So. I'll probably take a pass on him at that price tag. And I don't mind going to Murray at 72. He's just been balling out. That last game that he had was one of the best games I've seen since he's been, a, you know, a pro. Um, overtime game, hit some big shots, shot well from the field. Looks like he's comfortable. Um, the little time off didn't really bother him. So I'm, I'm good with Murray. He's probably my favorite out of the big three on the Nuggets. Yeah, well, Mur- Murray's trying to play uh... – play through that playoff stigma that he kind of had last year uh, where he was pretty inconsistent. Some games he would go off, some games he was just shooting dreadful. Uh, and they kind of, the wins and losses kind of went with what, how he was playing. So he stepped up huge in that fourth quarter and came uh, pretty much brought the team back after Mitchell was going off. And then him and Mitchell were going back and forth. Uh, then he had, they had the last laugh, but yeah, I love Murray in this spot too at 72. And I also really like Michael Porter jr. Didn't shoot that well last game. Uh, his shot looks great, though. If you watched him shoot, it's just so fluid right now. It, it. I think they're going to start falling, and I think they start happening this game. Um, to me, it would on who I'd rather play more, it would just comes down to how my lineup construction is working. Uh, when I was playing with it on uh, now, so far, I tend to like a lot more point guards than I do small forward, power forward. Uh, so that might make me lean to, towards Porter Jr. just on that. Um, but if I have to go dollar for dollar, I like Murray a little bit better there. 
I, I can't go wrong with that. I mean, construction is the most important thing. So uh, I'm with you. I think they're both in play. Um, well, I'll probably I'll probably end up with more more Murray. Um, yeah. We'll have to see though. We'll have yeah, we'll, to see, man. We'll have to see. I, I mean, I want I try to get. I like both of them. Um, it just depends on. I, I do like some point guards and, and guards out there. So we'll see uh, where the money money falls out there. But um, can't I? I can't. I'll take I'll take your words for it. Can't knock you for playing either of them. Uh, those two are my favorite on on the team to play. I wouldn't mind Joker, but we'll get into the next game where I am also on board with you. I think he is the center play of the night. Uh, that's why I said not really Gobert, not really Allen. But if you're not going to pay up, uh, make they make sense obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But let's get into this third game: uh, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 70. Fivers. <laughs> I just wanted to butcher it. I'm kidding. Uh, this, <laughs> before, so you, before you said anything, uh, the Sixers <laughs> lost that first game. It was a pretty close game. Um, 109 to 101. And before we get into who's in, who's out, I do want to say watching that game, there are a lot of possessions where I see Joel Embiid should take advantage of the matchup and he just doesn't. He needs to be more dominant. He needs to be more assertive. He needs to command the basketball. Uh, there was a few possessions where I just saw him sitting there while the team was on playing their doing their half court offense, and he wasn't really trying to command the basketball. Uh, man, you are the best player on the court, talent wise. Maybe Jason Tatum has something to say there, but you are the biggest guy on the court. You have a mismatch. He needs to come out and he needs to eat and eat. Uh, and if he does that. This team will be in position to win if he continues not to. This is going to be a quick series, man, without Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into it. This game starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Philadelphia is a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, the Celtics are a negative 195 on the money line. The Sixers are plus 165 on the money line. The over-under is the lowest on the night at 214-and-a-half. Uh, the big news injury-wise on the Sixers – Ben Simmons will not be playing anytime soon. Glenn Robinson is also out. And on the Celtics, uh, Brown is probable. And the big news that we saw at the end of last game, Gordon Hayward is out with what they're calling a sprain. Um, And before we say anything, I absolutely hate the word sprain. It doesn't mean anything. It could be, or they give him a grade three ankle sprain. Uh, Until they give you a grade or say exactly what's wrong, sprain is just... The most generic word that you could possibly mm-hmm. say. It, it could be. I, I I was told I had a sprain before, um, and and I was fine. A sprain is either, um, ooh, this kind of hurts. I'll be back in there tomorrow. Or ooh, this is torn. Or ooh, this is broken. Sprain and strains. Both of those things. I hate those words. Uh, I just had to get that off. No, I I mean, I agree. agree. And I mean, for a lot of people that are just standard, you know, cat or not avid fans that would kind of look into this, there's the major difference between a sprain and a strain. A sprain is just generally saying it has something to do with the ligaments um, or the tendons surrounding something. Whereas a strain is, you know, it's it's S-T-R-A-I-N is muscle related. Um, but you're right. They're both kind of mysterious things until you get the grade and the, uh, the degree of the injury, because, you know, even a strain, somebody could strain their calf, but their calf could little muscle can literally be detached. Uh, There's all different degrees. Um, and for this one, it looking like about four weeks for Gordon Hayward. Um, I mean, I, I, I I could jump right into the Celtics. Let's just, yeah, let's jump. uh, It looked pretty bad. Uh, so four weeks is pretty, is it? 
solid timetable, but he's going to pretty much miss the rest of the playoffs, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, let's jump right into the, the Celtics, man, with, the, with that big news. Yeah, I mean, with with Gordon Hayward off the floor, we're, we're, you know, the guy that benefits the most happens just to be Jason Tatum. He sees a usage bump of about 2.7%, um, up to about 31% usage. So Jason Tatum, this is this is his team. The other guy uh, I have interest in is another guy that gets a little bump, and it's to be Kemba Walker. Uh, with Gordon Hayward off the floor, he does facilitate a lot. Yeah, he does have the ball in his hands a decent amount. So, you know, Kemba and Tatum should have this ball, the ball in their hands a lot more. Jalen Brown also, I think he got a little bit banged up in that game. He's, he's probable to play. Uh, he will play. But, um, you know, all three of these guys with Hayward out could get a boost. I just prefer Kemba uh, at a decreased salary. And then if I'm spending up, it's going to be on Tatum. Um, Marcus Smart will probably see, you know, 30-plus minutes. He does that anyway. He would probably be like a tournament play, but uh, you know, he's it's not like he's dirt cheap or anything at this point. He's still going to play fourth fiddle to the rest of these guys. You're really hoping that he kind of racks up uh, some defensive stats or just happens to, you know, get six or seven long rebounds for him to really, really pay off in those GPPs. Maybe more of a cash game type guy. Yeah. Um, I like Tatum as well, but he is expensive. Um, Kemba Walker looked healthy. Uh, he looked pretty good. I know he was been coddled throughout the bubble but he looked pretty good that last game and, and ready to rock so don't mind that and i think our jalen brown was playing came into the game with with that thigh and it, it, i think he banged it up a little more there was a few plays where he's hobbling um but in all he's probably i'm gonna say this people might not agree with me but he's probably been their best player in this bubble uh, not on the season that's definitely jason tatum but brown has balled throughout this entire bubble uh, so I don't mind looking at him as well at 7-5 if, if the money matches. Um, I do got to ask, man, because there is 34, 35, 36 minutes going around Gordon Hayward. You can't throw him on Tatum. He's already playing about 40. Uh, Brown is already playing about 40. Kemba Walker, I don't think he could play much more than 35 if they're trying to preserve him. Uh, Smart's already playing up there. He could get a few. Where do you think that goes? I, I think a lot of it goes to where it went in the earlier the part of the season to Grant Williams. And uh, at 3K, he's not a guy that, um, or he's, I shouldn't say not, he's a guy that I might gravitate towards too if I'm stuck in the need someone minimum uh, because I think a lot of those minutes go towards him. I think it's just going to, yeah, I think he'll definitely get a fair share of them. I think it's going to probably get spread out between the community bench guys, between him, Brad Wanamaker, Semi Ojale. Uh, I think all three of those guys will probably divvy up his minutes fairly well. We'll probably even see Javante Greed get a couple. Um, you know, these guys aren't high point per minute guys. And that's being said, they're going to be playing alongside starters here and there, uh, getting even less usage than they would in the second unit. So, I mean, at, at 3K, I think I'd probably prefer some of those other guys, maybe like a Tory Craig that we talked about. There's a guy on the other side of the ball that's around that price tag. I'd probably prefer uh, a little bit more as well. Um, I don't think I'll end up getting down to them. All right, man. Yeah, and let's let's go to the Sixers. We already said how we like Embiid as as the top center on the play and over Jokic. So uh, if you want to touch on him, you can. If not, let's just go right into who else you like on the Sixers. Uh, who do you like in that? Who else do you like in that front court? Well, you said it. I'm glad you said front court because yeah, Embiid. We don't need to say much more. Just smash spot under 10k, tons of usage. Good to go for me. Tobias Harris though, seven seven hundred. Um, this guy is going to have to shoulder a lot of the scoring um, with with uh, Ben Simmons off the floor. He's going to play a boatload of minutes. He had a down game last game, and he still put up 38.5 DK points. So 
Uh, he did not hit a three. He was 0 for 3 from deep. They're going to need this guy to stretch the floor if they plan on winning. They do not have enough shooting in their starting lineup. So um, they really rely solely on Tobias Harris right now for that. And he's going to have to start taking more than three or four three-pointers per game. I would expect that to slowly turn around. He's probably going to end up hitting or getting somewhere up between like, you know, five or six if they have to stay in this. But uh, I wouldn't expect eight assists again like he had, but I would expect, you know, more than 15 points, maybe around 18 to 21 points. Uh, you're always going to get somewhere between six and eight or nine rebounds and steals and blocks. He's paying off that price tag. All right. Awesome. And how do you feel about, uh, I'm assuming Matisse Thybul, I like him as well. It was the guy you're talking about at 34. Uh, that's not exactly minimum. I was, I meant like at bottom barrel 3k, um, but who do you like? Do you like him? How about Milton, Burks, Richardson? Any of these guards uh, that you like out there? Two out of the four. Uh, yep, Matisse is the guy I don't mind looking at for 3,400. He came out and played a boatload of minutes. This is his type of matchup. He uh, he matches up very well against you know Tatum and Jalen Brown, and that's probably the guy that he's going to spend the most time on are those two. Uh, defensive specialist. Uh, where did he play in college? It's slipping my mind now. It was uh, Washington. He should have been. Uh, on the rising stars, he was a snub. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand why he wasn't on the team, but he is, he's very good. Um, he, a four year senior in college mm-hmm. as well, but uh, he should have definitely made it. It's not every day that you get a defensive stopper like this, and not putting him on, on there kind of just said, We don't really care much about defense. And it yeah. kind of. And yeah. for for a little context on how good this guy is at defense, when he was playing, I think it was for Washington in college, he actually yeah, uh, was. broke uh, Gary Payton's all-time steals record. Um, so this this guy is elite. He's a great defender. He's going to be a great defender for years to come because he's young, he gets it, and he's a very, very high IQ defender. Um, so the I other mean, Huskies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> we're over here, UConn fans. I'm not touching Shake Milton. I'm not touching T.A. Rich, but I do have interest in Alec Burks. I, I was all over Alec Burks in that last game, and it, it paid off well. Uh, the shot attempts are still there, regardless of it being playoffs or not. He took 15 shot attempts. He only nailed six of them. Uh, but with that kind of usage, play 28 minutes off the bench, that's going to continue to happen. They need this guy to take, get some bench scoring in their second unit. I don't see anybody getting these shot attempts from him. So uh, I would say, uh, you know, four guys I have interest on the Sixers is going to be uh, in order, I guess. You know, obviously it goes by price as well. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Alec Burks, and then Matisse Thibel. I like them too. Uh, that's why I wanted to throw them in there. I'm not really high on Richardson. I know he had a pretty good game. He took 17 shots. Uh, he's just a very streaky shooter. Um, and this is a very good defense, but Alec Burks has been playing well, and he's only four six. I like that. I like Thibel as well. Um, Shake Milton has dropped to the uh, from from the sky. He went from everybody was all over Shake Milton to now he's only forty five, and uh, he's been playing not great. He's barely seeing that many minutes. He only saw twenty six last game. Um, Alec Burks has kind of overtaken him. Taking a lot of his minutes and a lot of his thunder, um, but before the while before the season abruptly stopped, Milton was over six k. Uh, so this is a fair cheap price for him if you think it's a bounce back this game. I don't really see it, but um, he he's in a position to do so if he can rediscover a shot. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 more on the Burks and Thibault on on the backcourt as well. Yeah, I fully expect there to be a large shake Milton game coming eventually. Um, I'm just not going to throw a bunch of money into a wishing well uh, waiting on that right now. You know, once I see it, I'll believe it. And again, it's not the right matchup for me. Uh, Backcourts against, you know, and this might even be more of a benefit for Mark, uh, for uh, 
I'm sorry, Alec Burks is knowing that Marcus Smart might likely get inserted into the starting lineup. Um, yeah, it's one less one less guy that you'd have to worry about on the bench. Or they just throw Grant Williams in there, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one could hope. One could hope he might. Uh, he started last time. Uh, one of the those forward guys were gone, I, and I call them forwards because they they can play the two through the four. <laughs> um, what what do you mean they they can play shooting guard through power forward? I I let go. <laughs> I'll let you have that. No, I'm. I I I think you know. There's a chance. Um, it makes sense. Maybe you know, against Horford and B, they want to roll something out there. They, they they'll probably have uh, Grant Williams on the on the floor with Tatum at the three at some point in time. I'm sure. Uh, and then Daniel Tice at the five. Yeah, that, that's that's the lineup they used before. Um, but yeah, let's go to the the last game of the night: the Mavs versus the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers won Game One. <clears throat> it was a pretty it was a pretty good game. Um, if you guys caught that one, that one, it looked like Luca was going to get his first playoff W in his first playoff. Uh, it was it was it was a nice one, but the the Clippers turned it out and, and they eventually won one eighteen to one ten. Uh, this game starts at nine p.m. Eastern again. The Clippers are six and a half favorites, uh, six and a half point favorites at a negative two eighty five money line, and the Mavs are a plus two forty five money line. The over under is two twenty nine and a half. Uh, the big news is uh, Trey Burke is probable. Uh, Porzingis is questionable. I'm I'm gonna say he's gonna play. Um, and then on the Clippers side, something that I don't think we saw the entire year, but there is no news for the Clippers. Everybody is playing. Um, let's start for let's start with the the Mavs right now. Coming off of Luca's just big first game in the playoffs, forty two point seven boards, nine rebounds, three steals, uh, thirteen of twenty one shooting. Are you going to play him at 11K? I'll have a couple of shares. I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to go overboard. I'm not going to go chase that game. He struggled mightily in the first half. He had seven turnovers, really stepped it up in the second half. But after the Porzingis ejection, things got tough for the Mavs as a whole. So um, I'm fully anticipating those numbers would look different. Had Porzingis played a full allotment of minutes, more usage would probably be going towards Porzingis' way as well. So – it's tough. I, I, I probably won't get to a full allotment of Luca. I'm hoping to be underweight when I'm done building and constructing all my lineups. So if he's 40% owned or 30% owned, I'll probably come in somewhere around half that. Okay. Yeah, 11K is, is pretty hefty. Uh, I said it last night with Lillard and um, drawing a blank for a second and, and Harden at 11.4 and 11.7. I did not play them because they were so expensive. Um, there was two other guys that were cheaper and and pretty on the same level, um, but yeah, that that is a pretty hefty price tag to pay against probably the best defense when they're fully healthy uh, that that is out there and two guys that they can throw at you and three guys even will throw in Patrick Beverly uh, two elite elite guys that they can throw at you in Kawhi and Paul George and Beverly who's just obnoxious. Um, so that's that's a couple guys that can can guard. Luca, I know he dropped forty-two, seven, and nine. Uh, you might, you, if you're playing a bunch of lineups, yes, you're, you got to have some shares of him. Uh, but if you're more of the cash guy with with this, who sprinkles in some GBPs, I 
going to go in a different direction here. Um, obviously, on talent alone, he's fantastic. But the price tag on the matchup, um, I'm going to see what else is out there. Uh, I don't blame you. And um, I guess the next big ticket guy that I was just talking about would be Porzingis. Price tag definitely got bumped up. I don't know how you could bump a guy up when he played, uh, you know, 19 minutes. He got ejected. But I guess, you know, what they saw, the DK algorithm in 19 minutes saw a $600 increase. Yeah, um, right. I love the matchup. I love the play. I love the contrarian play because he realistically, he's only like what, uh, you know, I, I say only, but 2,100 uh, less than less than Luca. So people generally will be like, All right, I'll just pay up for the stud. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough, man, because there's so many other guys that we're going to want to get in there. Whether it, I guess for me, it's really going to depend on how much action I have in that first game between Brooklyn and Toronto, because that's where my other expensive guys are really going to be coming from. I already know I'm playing a lot of Embiid. I'm going to go cheap in that Utah game. Um, probably going to you know get a little action on Boston as well. Uh, but you know we have Levert, we have Lowry, we have Siakam, we have Van Vliet. All those guys are you know 7,600 and above. So if you're not playing those guys, then all of a sudden you have the money to play uh, pay up for Porzingis. So that you know it's really going to come down to my game scripts and how I attack this. He's very much in play though. If I'm kind of writing off that first one. Yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, Porzingis is a very good pivot if you still want to get top end exposure on the Mav side uh, without paying that 11k price tag for Luca. Um, but again, that that is a pretty hefty price tag, and I'm with you. I want Embiid in my lineup. He's got to command the basketball. Uh, even a tentative com- Embiid was really good last game. Uh, but if I can fit Porzingis, I definitely want him. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the lineup construction goes. It's going to be tough, as you mentioned. There are quite a few guys that are, are solid in that range, um, but I, I think he would be worth the money. I mean, he did put up 25 points in in. 20 minutes last game so uh he does have the potential it's a pretty good matchup for him Harold is still getting acclimated to in back in the nba he he missed the entire bubble pretty much uh so he's still not there if they go small uh, zubak can't guard him on the outside uh, i know they went they went pretty big and played kleber or kleba however you say it uh, for 30 plus minutes uh, i think porzingis just has a good matchup um uh, whoever whoever's in there Outside of him, man, and, and those he two big guys. Take of it. Outside of those two big guys, is there anybody else you like on this team? Well, you're going to see a lot of people probably look at Maxi Kleber at 3,600. It's a good matchup for him. Uh, you're there, you know, if you're game log watching, you're going to say, hey, well, he played 34 minutes the last game. Porzingis was ejected. Keep that in mind. He'd probably be hovering around high, uh, low 20s. Uh, Porzingis plays a full game. Um, but it might just be, uh, I might take a good long look at, you know, Doc Rivers' uh, son in law. Uh, you know, he's actually been balling out, uh, played 33 minutes in that first one, 5'11 shooting. Didn't get a lot done in the peripheral stats, but put up 23 and a half DK points. So I think he's a solid value option. Uh, Mr. Seth Curry, for those that, you know, didn't get the reference, he is in fact, uh, Doc Rivers son-in-law. So a little stick it to uh, dad. He could do that while he's over there, you know, maybe, uh, have to be able to talk some, talk some junk at Thanksgiving when he goes <laughs> over there, if he, if he can, you know, knock down a couple three pointers against him. Yeah, that, that's the other guy I like in, in this range. I mean, if you're looking at the Mavs, it goes 11K, 89, 53, uh, and then 43. And then the fifth highest guy is 36, which is Seth Curry. I think that's a really good price for him. Uh, there's not many people that I like in that 3K range, um, but I do like me some Seth Curry. He can get a shot off. Uh, and when he gets hot, he can make 
he can do pretty good. Uh, he has a potential for a couple steals. Uh, he does take his his threes. He's gonna get he's gonna get more looks because they're gonna start collapsing more on uh, Luca and try and make other people beat him. Collapse on him and Porzingis. Um, and he's not gonna really have a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard on him. So uh, I like him getting more open looks as well. Only at thirty six. But how about this? Yeah. Uh, they... Oh. My bad. Oh, I was going to say, it just, it just shows you that we do have a decent amount of value. So, there, you know, there might be scenarios where you could get, uh, you know, one one Raptors guy, uh, somebody decent over there, Joel Embiid and Boyzingas. We might be able to make that work with, with the value we do have available. Now, the value that we've talked about isn't just, you know, shut the door, fill in the uh, the free space kind of value. But uh, there's there's definitely been worse options on some slates. But Yeah. Let's go on to this last team, uh, one of the favorites in the bubble. And uh, right now we saw the Bucks lose. I'm watching the Lakers lose right now to the Portland. Uh, I said the Portland to the Blazers. <laughs> this bubble, man, without without home court advantage, without fans, you're just playing in an empty gym. Uh, role players step up more. There's really not much pressure on anybody. It's a completely different ball game. Um, so, But these Clippers are one of the... Three favorites in the league. I mentioned the other two. One's losing. One did lose to the eighth seed. Clippers did not lose. And they have everybody healthy for the first time in the bubble and maybe for the first time all season because uh, they do love their load management. Um, but let's see. There's there's nothing on there. Let's start with the let's start with the big guys. Do you like do you have any interest in Paul George or Kawhi Leonard? I think both these guys are very much in play. Um <clears throat> uh, you know, if I had to pick one of them, I would probably pick. Uh, I'd probably pick Leonard. I don't want to pay 10k for him. I'm gonna. I'd rather you know spend a hundred dollars less and get Embiid. That's just in a nutshell. But if you can get both of them, sure. Paul George actually, it was it was weird in the post game press conference after the last game. He looked like he had his arm underneath his sweatshirt. I don't know if it was in a sling or whatever it was, but it, you know, it, he did have two off season shoulder surgeries, um, and it's a guy that you know was kind of getting nursed throughout the regular season so he said it was more or less just like a a, a load management sort of thing uh go you know go figure with the clippers load management but he was it was just a management thing it wasn't anything serious didn't really bother him it's just you know what the doctors recommended sort of kind of thing but that that gave me some pause um you know is it worth it am i overthinking things maybe i might be uh but at 8600 we're not getting them for you know a discount anymore that's a paul george price tag that's where it should be so I'll probably pass on Paul George. Um, you know, then we have the ancillary pieces between, you know, Lou Williams, uh, Marcus Morris, Montrose Harrell. Uh, I'll ask you, uh, any of those guys stand out? Lou Williams. Uh, I like Lou Williams. And the big guys, I, I like Kawhi more than Paul George. Uh, even without that tidbit, I didn't see that, um, the shoulder sling thing. But I did like Kawhi. Again, that is 10K. It's hard to pay up. Um, but I like I like most of this team. I think they're all in a good matchup. Uh, out of the people you mentioned, I like Lou Williams the most at 53. Uh, we saw the Lou Williams that I've been waiting for. Uh, I know he didn't get much playing time or much game reps because he was out so long. Uh, they eased him in when he came back, and then he started ramping up uh, in, in this first game. But at if he's going to see 31 minutes, he's going to get more I, I would assume more than 10 shots next game. Uh, he's a guy that I like. Uh, Marcus Morris had a really good game at 4-8, four, four, and they might need him again. Um, Harrell's not fully up to up to speed right now because he missed pretty much all the bubble. Um, Zubak at 4-5. These are all pretty solid guys, but out of the most, 
I like Lou Will out of all three of those guys that I just mentioned. Yeah, and I mean, Lou William just commands usage in that second unit, especially with Harold not being ready and full go. Uh, we even saw Doc Rivers, I think, kind of you know get up into him a little bit and say hustle up and down the court. Uh, so I, I mean, they they already said they're going to gradually increase his minutes as game goes, you know, games go by, and you can imagine um, with them winning games, they're not going to force him out there any faster. You know, if they're if they're trailing in games, they're getting ready to get eliminated. All of a sudden, Montrezl Harrell might play thirty minutes, but they're going to let him work himself up there. Um, and I fully expect, you know, once Harrell and Beverly do get back into game shape and they are playing a full complement, we'll probably see a couple minutes come away from uh, Marcus Morris. Um, you know, maybe maybe I don't know how they could even take any away from Zubak with how well that guy's been playing. He should be playing at least 24 minutes, even with the healthy Harrell. Make it work. I don't care how you do it. Uh, but, you know, find a way to get Zubak out there, put Harrell out there for 30 minutes, put Zubak out there for 22 to 24, make it work, play them alongside of each other a little bit. But that kid's good. Uh, Magic Johnson really botched that one. <laughs> uh, There's a few that he botched. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like all of them. I think they have a really good matchup on most part, and they're not expensive. So uh, I, I will find myself going to that well a lot. Uh, there's a lot of good value on this Clippers team outside of Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, and it looks like Reggie Jackson is that whole thing's over with. So we can all rest easy knowing that, uh, you know, we had a couple games that we could play Reggie Jackson during the start of the bubble. Uh, I mean, now that now that Lou Williams is back, we should have known that was coming. And Paul Pat or Pat Bev is going to play 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Reggie, there's just not much room for Reggie Jackson unless it's a blowout or one of those guys get hurt. Uh, absolutely. And, I, and that's probably it for me, man. I'm not really looking at anybody else on this Clippers team. I think, you know, we, we mentioned five or six people, so I don't know how many other guys you could expect us to name after that. We're not going to go dumpster diving for Noah or, Sh- or Shannon in this one. Um, if you want to take a shot on Harold, that price tag is fantastic. There's going to be a sweet spot where we're going to want to target him where he's underpriced and he's going to have his minutes increase. It's probably not going to be this one. You might want to just wait one or two more games and wait till we see him play at least, you know, low to mid twenties. And once that's uh, once we see that, load up on him. We'll be good to go. But for now, um, you know, maybe we stick with Zoo. And I think Zubox probably the better matchup if we're talking about Porzingis playing a full complement of minutes. So that's, I'd probably lean Zubox over Harold. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking Harold's way. I didn't. The five people I would look at as the two big guys, uh, Lou Williams. I would probably look at Lou over Paul George because of the price discrepancy. Uh, I don't mind Marcus Morris. He had a really good game, and, and they need him here. And then Zubak. Um, but I'm not looking at Harold's way. I'm not looking at Beverly's way, and that's just because they haven't played much, um, and their minutes are going to be curbed. Like you said, when they need Harold and his minutes start getting ramped up at 46, I'm going to be all over him until that time comes if he's still under 20, even 25 minutes. I'm going to leave him alone. Uh, once I see that as his minutes start ramping up and if he's still in this 46 he's going to be a locket and, and forget it for me because um even if he brings you 30 points that's bringing you back a lot of value there uh, but yeah, absolutely man. my good sir that looks like we did all four games there uh is there anything you want to tell the the listeners before we head on out of here no, guys. I mean, just buckle up and enjoy. We have four playoff games every day for at least uh, a short time being. And hey, uh, you might want to hurry up and go watch your Lakers, man. Um, things are things are not looking good when they're in uh, when they're in Dame. It's Dame time, Lillard time. Yeah, and it's it's the it's the bubble factor because you're not you're not traveling. All these ancillary pieces are are getting more comfortable because they're just playing in an empty gym with uh, virtual fans. 
but uh, there you don't really hear any noise. It, it's much different. And I uh, one thing that I was watching, I was watching in the background. Uh, I saw a little bit of Mello on on Braun action, and it just brought me back to uh, ten years ago or so. And it was just it was fun because this is a skinnier Mello. But uh, yeah. I love. I'm a big fan of skin, skinny Mello. Uh, I I love the comeback story of him. We, you know, we we listeners are probably already tuning out already. We broke down the slate. We don't blame you. Uh, but I just have to talk about it real fast because the whole comeback story, people writing him off, him hitting big shots, just seeing him be happy on a basketball court brings me happiness. So I uh, wish nothing but the best for him. Um, and I, I listen, the way he played, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got at least two more years left in the tank. Yeah, and he looks in great shape, so he's trying to show people that uh, he has a few more years under his belt. Um, but this game got really close, by the way. Um, yeah, so this is all we got for you guys. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Mike, I believe you're on with Aaron. Me and Aaron will be breaking down the, uh, wonderful Thursday slate for you guys. So, uh, looking forward to it. We only get to do one show together every week, but, uh, you can guarantee that when Aaron's on the research has been done and that there will be a nice article for all of our, uh, our readers out there as well the following day breaking down the slate so check that out guys awesome and uh make sure to check out our facebook page our instagram page i'm a man will does the instagram we have a bunch of team podcasts going up uh so much stuff going on here the website fully changed uh, it's just a lot of stuff going in at hoop ball so this is a great time to jump in here now um and get on it guys and uh yeah that's it this game uh i gotta get out of here and go watch my 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 lakers play our game got really close now they, they came back but um that's it for another episode of hoop ball dfs today on behalf of myself santino cocone you can find me on twitter at santino cocone and my buddy mike apatria you can find him on twitter at mike apatria yeah we are very uh original with our twitter names here guys if you haven't caught on by now um but that's it for tonight, and we'll see. We'll catch you again tomorrow. And don't make sure you can always check up on our layup line if you like reading more. Uh, I know I do podcasts, but I also like reading. <laughs> I, I prefer sometimes reading. Uh, I'll be doing the layup line tonight. We have Aaron doing it tomorrow, and we like to mix and match. But uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.